So this is the third session in the Bible study series, Living Free of Anxiousness. Today, uh, we'll be talking about how we cast our cares, our anxieties upon the Lord. So let's begin with some prayer. We turn to the Lord uh, in this time of uh, both global as well as national crisis of the pandemic, the coronavirus. And we turn to the Lord uh, with confidence in his love for us, his mercy, his wisdom. So let's pray. So, Lord, we come before you today and we enter into your presence. And in the midst of our current life circumstances as both a nation and as well as uh, a world, we uh, ask you for mercy and we ask you to intervene, um, bring an end to this uh, pandemic across the globe. We ask you to heal the sick, ask you to strengthen those that are battling illness, pray for those that govern our nation and the nations of the earth. We ask you to give them wisdom, give them a heart that will turn to you in this time. We pray for doctors, healthcare workers, nurses, first responders. We pray, Lord, that you protect them wherever they are suffering physically. We ask you to strengthen them and heal them wherever they are feeling overwhelmed by life circumstances and by the challenges of their work. You may bring renewed strength and vigor to them. We pray for those working on cures and that you would give them uh, understanding and wisdom and knowledge even beyond their own ability to uh, come up with un an understanding that will bring healing to the human race in this time. Uh, we pray, ask you to, to pray, bless our families, cover our families with your overflowing presence and watch over us in this time. Help us to turn to you. And help us to find in you the source of consolation for our own hearts, our own lives. Help us to find in you the source of hope and strength, and healing and renewal. And we pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to be looking at several passages from Scripture today. Uh, as we look at how do we cast our anxieties, our fears, our worries upon the Lord. We've been looking at uh, the first couple of weeks, living in joy and then dealing with anxiety, worry in our life. Today we'll be looking at how we can turn those things over to the Lord. So the first passage we're going to turn to is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And you can find 1 Peter uh, in the New Testament. It's a, a short letter. It's a, one of two letters that Peter, uh, the apostle, uh, wrote to... The Christians of the communities that he had responsibility for in shepherding. As you're turning there, uh, the verse 7 is actually in a larger context of uh, Peter exhorting uh, the elders of the various Christian communities of being a shepherd after the Lord Jesus Christ, of caring for them. He talks uh, about clothing oneself with humility uh, and humbling ourselves before the Lord. So all these things uh, kind of form the context. And we come to verse 7. Again, um, he speaking to the elders, he says this, Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. Uh, the verses that follow that, verse 8 and following, Be sober and watchful because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him firmly in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So here Peter talks about a time in which Christians are being afflicted, most likely persecuted, 
uh, not systematically, but oftentimes uh, in a, a sometimes spontaneous way, haphazard way by the Roman government. Uh, certainly Christians were seen as the odd people out in their time. So Peter says, humble yourself, cast all your cares upon him. Now, again, he's obviously applying to circumstances that are in which Christians are persecuted, which brings its own sense of anxiousness and fears. So how do, how do you live through that? But we could also say, how do we live through a time of crisis um, dealing with our anxieties and how do we cast them upon the Lord? So the word for uh, cast all your care or anxiousness, uh, anxieties means your burdens, your worries, uh, uh the anxiousness about daily life. And Peter writes in the context of how can we do that? Because you have a father who loves you and provides for you both daily and special needs. Now, he points to God the Father as our father. And we saw last week particularly where we're worth much more of value than the birds of the air or the fish of the sea or the, or the lilies of the field. So why be anxious? Because you have a father who cares for those things and we're not even, we're well beyond what, what they are in terms of worth because we're made in the image and likeness of God. We're created in love. We're redeemed in mercy. The Lord has filled us with his spirit in the waters of baptism and made us his own as his own sons and daughters. So why be worried? We have a father who provides for us both daily and special needs. But notice in verse five and six, Peter says to the elders, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So coming before the Lord in humility, recognizing that he is my sufficiency and that to turn my anxieties over to him because he is sufficient for me in this time, that he will provide for me in this time because he's a father who loves me. And so it's really important that we recognize that I need to come before him in humility, recognizing who he is and what he's asked of me in this time, which is to trust him. The Israelites in the desert, uh, recorded for us in the book of Numbers, for example, shows the Israelites were delivered out of the tyranny and the darkness of Egypt by great signs and wonders, and God fed his people supernaturally in the, in the wilderness. But they still grumbled and complained. They weren't humble before him. They didn't turn their anxieties over to him. And as a result of that, uh, they... Uh, were actually end up being not receiving the Lord's provision. They didn't receive the Lord's blessing and favor in that time. Okay, so let's continue in 1 Peter. Let's turn, if you would, to chapter 1 of 1 Peter and verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. And again, as you're turning there, the context for this, Peter writes uh, to these Christians, and he's writing here about, uh, again, coming to God as our Father and coming to him as one who has sent his Son, Jesus, through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, we have been delivered out of sin and saved. Uh, he also talks about that through Jesus, uh, we put our trust in God, we believe in him. God raised him from the dead and has given him glory, and our faith and hope is found in him. So in other words, the basis of our faith is in what God has done through his Son, Jesus. The basis of our faith is that God's commitment to our salvation and to our own lives through what God did through his son, Jesus, in that he so loved the world and so loved us that he sent his only son. And Jesus became a sacrificial offering of love at the cross. So in verse 
23 then, Peter says, you've been born again, not from perishable seed, but imperishable through the word of God who lives and abides forever. Born again. What is the word born again? It means born to new life. Uh, it means uh, you've gone from one kingdom, a kingdom of darkness, to a kingdom of light. It means that uh, that you're now part of God's family. It means that our sins are forgiven in his son, Jesus. For us as Catholics, born again occurs for us in the waters of baptism. And uh, Usually as a baby, most of us are baptized as babies, we're meant to grow into the realization that God through his Son has saved us from eternal death. And the waters of baptism bring us that grace and gift of the Holy Spirit where he comes to live in us. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. God's word. What is the word of God? It is the revelation of God's heart for us as people. The revelation of who he is as our Father and as a Savior and Redeemer. The word of God then the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to activate grace and faith in our hearts so that we're able to turn to the Lord and put our trust in Him. The Word of God is a seed that is sown in our hearts, and it produces trust and faith in us. So like if you wanted to plant a garden, you would till the soil and you would plant seeds. Let's say tomato plants you want to grow. So you plant tomato seeds and the seed brings forth life with the soil. And eventually what comes forth is the word of, is, is tomato or tomatoes. So the seed of God's word brings forth trust in, in our hearts. It brings forth faith in our hearts. It brings forth grace in our hearts. The Holy Spirit needs the word of God planted in our hearts so that we can grow in trust. He activates God's word as we plant it in our hearts and our minds. So it's important for us to, how do we grow in trust? We grow in trust by turning to God's word and by planting that, as it were, in our hearts and minds. At the end of this lesson today, we'll talk about some practical ways that can be done. But here's the fundamental principle and truth of this passage, and that is the Holy Spirit activates the seed of God's word in our hearts and minds to produce trust and faith in him, which we need to be able to turn our anxieties over to him. Okay, so the last passage of scripture we turn to is Psalm 91, verses 1 through 3. Now, this is in the Old Testament, and uh, we're just looking, it's a beautiful psalm, a psalm that speaks of the Lord's protection for his people, and uh, we're just going to be looking at the first three verses of Psalm 91. Uh, David, you might say, penned this psalm at a time uh, when he was facing um, great persecution from Saul, and he talks about the Lord being a shelter. So let's take a look at the first three verses only. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty and will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. Okay, so First of all, David's language here, the language of the psalmist, speaks about the snare of the hunter. So it's like he's being chased down and then uh, by something. He's being hunted by something. And then he says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. To dwell means to abide in. It means to have a relationship with. It means to uh, kind of pitch your tent and camp underneath of the tent that you pitch. Shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. The word for Almighty here is El Shaddai. 
Uh, it means all-powerful one. It's used some 50 times in the Old Testament. Uh, it's the name by which God would reveal to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am uh, Shaddai. I am the all-sufficient one. It means mighty one, unconquerable one. Israelites oftentimes use very uh, pictures of, um, and so they would paint pictures for people and say, look at the mountains. Well, God is greater than the mountain. Look at the hugeness and majestic majesty of the mountain. Well, God is greater than that. His strength is everlasting in nature. In other words, they were saying he's sufficient for the day. You can, he's, he's capable of providing for you. Uh, you can turn to him and know that he should die for you. And notice what David says, because you're Shaddai, I will say the Lord, because you're Shaddai, you might say, you're my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So I put my trust in you because you are Shaddai. You are the unconquerable one. You're the, the one who provides. The word for refuge here means shelter or fortress or protection, hope, a place of trust. Isaiah t- chapter 25 verse 4 describes the Lord as a shelter from the storm, a shade in the midst of the heat. And the pestilence is the plague. It could refer to locusts coming. It could refer to disease. Joel chapter 1 verse 4 speaks about that. Um, and he says that I, I have refuge uh, and shelter from the plague, from, from pestilence, from deadly pestilence and disease, from the hunter that seeks to, to come after me. I have shelter from all that because you're Shaddai. You're the all-sufficient one. You're my provider. So let's conclude by just talking very practically. How do we apply this to our life? Well, first of all, we need to plant God's word in our hearts as a seed like we're planting into the ground, the ground of our hearts. We can prepare the ground of our hearts with repentance, with humility, coming before the Lord, acknowledging our need for him, with praise, with thanksgiving. That prepares our hearts. And then we reflect on God's word. We pray. We, we read it. We read it with a desire to live by it. We read it with humility, with recognizing our need for God's word. Uh, we read it by saying, Lord, bringing it before the Lord, our anxieties, our fears, our worries, and placing them before him. And then it's like one hand we, we lift before the Lord our anxieties and fears. The other hand, we lift before him his word and who he is for us. And today we've seen in First Peter 5 or 7, we've seen, of course, uh, in Psalm 91, who the Lord is for us. So when we're afraid, go to him and repeat out loud, acknowledge out loud who he is before you. So let's pray right now. Lord, we turn to you in this time. You're Shaddai. You're the all-sufficient one. Help us to grow in trust by planting your word in our hearts and our minds. So you are, we realize you're a shelter for us in this time. And we pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen.